listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Hashtag Pizza Is Not Working podcast, here to serve you up a nice hot slice of some pharmacy pizza pie. I'm your host, Dr. Candice Olushala, and I wanted to start off with a few announcements today. This first announcement is more of a PSA from your friendly nationwide pharmacist, okay? So NPR posted an article, and the article was titled, Please don't cook chicken in NyQuil, the FDA asks TikTok users. Now, just for the fact, just just the title alone should already be of concern to you. If you have not heard this, that people are on TikTok doing this trend where they are cooking NyQuil cold medicine into their chicken, marinating their chicken using NyQuil like it's a seasoning, okay? This is not safe. The issue with this is that NyQuil, it has a few ingredients. It has things like acetaminophen or what you would probably know as Tylenol or paracetamol if you're overseas, right? There's dextromethorphan in it. There is doxylamine, There are a variety of cold and cough medicines out there like NyQuil. These medications, the ingredients, the components that they have in them, when you boil them, the concentration of some of the contents inside can actually be stronger. And therefore, if you eat these things, if you consume them, or even if you're breathing the vapors because of the heat is causing the vapors to rise. You're breathing it in. This can actually hurt your body. This can be dangerous. These jokes can only go so far, people. I say this because it is very dangerous. There are children on the internet that take things that are funny, but they don't process the dangers behind what they find funny. There are adults that find this funny. But I'm just going to say it right now. Do not nyquilize. Do not zequilize. Do not cough and cold medicineize any food that you have. But if you're trying to work on your diet, work on your diet, okay? If you are sick and you need some cough and cold medicine, take your cough and cold medicine, but don't use it as a marinating agent for your foods, okay? There are some medications that require using food, whether you eat with food, you can sprinkle in food. There's specific instructions for combinations like this, but don't just go online, see a trend, find it funny, try it yourself. Please consult your providers, talk to your physicians, talk to your pharmacists. Please consult us before you just try something out, especially these viral trends that look funny But if actually done in real life can be a detriment to your life. So 
If you haven't heard it anywhere else, you heard it here. Okay? So please let's be safe and just, just get some oregano and some some thyme and some just get some get some adobo, okay? But please not not Nyquil and not Zequil or anything of the sort. So that is announcement slash PSA number one. Now number two, Walgreens and CVS have been posting recently about their mental health initiatives that they're trying to do in their companies. In fact, the president and CEO of CVS Health, Karen S. Lynch, did an opinion piece for CNN that was titled, It's Time for Business Leaders to Get Serious About Mental Health. And in this article, there's some things that I want to highlight between what she said here and what is highlighted from Walgreens perspective, because again, they are doing something quite similar to CVS. So in this article, which you can find on CNN's website, it says that CVS Health has committed to a goal of reducing suicide attempts by 20% among Aetna members by 2025 through a number of different approaches, including direct outreach to the families of high-risk youth, as well as partnering with outpatient programs uniquely focused on suicide prevention and risk reduction. They also said that they believe that business leaders have a tremendous role to play in these initiatives, and they have an opportunity to not only do the right thing for their employees, but also serve as a catalyst for change in how mental health is recognized as an everyday health issue. And they actually listed three ways that they can help move our collective mindset in this direction. So the first one that they mentioned was to be transparent and open. One of the things that they highlight under this is that the quality of resources only matter if they are leading by example, talking about mental health issues directly with their employees and making sure they feel comfortable using the resources that are available to them. The second thing that they mentioned was to increase access to mental health care. They said that they continue to break down barriers so people can easily locate the right resources to get the care that they need. They also have talked about considering trainings like Mental Health First Aid or Talk Saves Lives, a program that's developed by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention that provides research on risks and prevention. And then the third thing that they mentioned was to encourage peer support. They publish a quarterly mental well-being resource guide for their leaders and managers, and they also have recently introduced a program through Thrive Global to support employees' physical, mental, and emotional well-being. They hope that the Thrive platform will enable their colleagues to manage stress, improve focus, strengthen connections with others, and support their overall well-being. So they want to build this mental health awareness and hopefully provide support to those that work for their company. Now, Walgreens had reposted on their LinkedIn a post from Mental Health America and Mental Health America had stated, we've just launched our workplace mental health toolkit 
Creating a culture of support and well-being, a framework for employers, people leaders, and workers seeking to create or improve workplace practices and establish a culture of well-being. This toolkit was developed in partnership with Walgreens. Topics include cultivating supportive people managers, developing an employee-driven mental health strategy, educating employees about benefits and resources, and so much more. Walgreens reposted by saying, We're proud to work with MHA on this important initiative. As employers, the role we play in supporting the physical and mental health and well-being of our employees has never been more critical. My issue with these initiatives that honestly, they sound really great. I I don't want to say that the ideas are horrible per se, but they're just not quite transparent or even complete. And the reason why I say this is that there's this song that's being sung about mental health, and yet these companies aren't providing ways to actually change the internal structure that is causing and or exacerbating the mental health crisis amongst pharmacy workers in the first place. I equate this to being like a parent that is telling their child to drink poison that they intentionally put in a child's bottle and then at the same time being the same parent to soothe them as they cry through that awful experience. If this was that scenario in real life, CPS would be called if anyone knew that this was occurring in a household. So soothing is great. Having tools are even fine. But if you're the direct cause of the need to have to have those things implemented, then we need to go to the root cause We can't just go to soothing and say that this is going to help. We can't just go to we have a toolkit and say this is going to help. And if employees are going to be honest about why their mental health is declining and it has to do with the company, then retaliation should not be a problem. So when the safety of your healthcare providers are compromised by their own system, the system that they work for, that is a public health crisis. And this has actually been going on for years, well before the pandemic ever started. This unfortunately comes off as manipulative because there are policies in place that are really involved and people have been trying to speak up for years and it has led to retaliation until we actually see people being allowed to be honest with their employers and it not affect how they are allowed to work in the workplace, including them keeping their jobs, it's going to be very difficult to believe that these toolkits and initiatives are what they're trying to say that they are. Shout out to Dr. Jerrica Dodd for her magazine, Pharmacists Magazine. The goal of pharmacists is to celebrate women in pharmacy and share their stories and wisdom. It allows these amazing women to be celebrated for their courage, brilliance, beauty, and passion while practicing in the field of pharmacy. So if you want to know more about this magazine and how she'd highlight some pharmacists and some pharmacists of the profession, you can go to www.pharmacistsmag.com. 
Com. So that's P-H-A-R-M-A-S-I-S-M-A-G dot com. Thank you so much, Dr. Dodd, for what you do for the field of pharmacy. So the conversation you're about to hear is with pharmacist Dr. Anais Webster-Minuti and her partner in crime, Kimberly Kessler. These two are behind the documentary, Would You Like Shots With That?, a docuseries that is being filmed about retail and independent pharmacy with a focus on patient safety, working conditions, and payment reform. And this documentary also delves into the history that got us here. So let's listen to this conversation. Anais and Kimberly, welcome to the show. What exactly did you guys want to share with us today? Um, yeah, we are just really excited to talk about the documentary in progress that we're doing. And we just wanted to share a little bit about um, ourselves and our project and the progress that we've been able to make this far. Um, yeah, this far we've been mostly in pre-production. We spent seven months kind of getting everything prepared to really um, kick into gear uh, these last couple of months. So we've done our first production trip. So we want to talk about what happened in Oklahoma City at the NABP meeting and then talk about what's on the horizon because we have a lot of things that are exciting, trips that are planned um, in the very near term, such as the NCPA meeting. And then we have a lot of different um, trips planned in the future and a lot of fun story structure, um, how we want to tell this story about pharmacy because it's really, it's really complex. It's a complex issue and we really want to dig deep into it and um, kind of let people know what our, our vision for the project is. Kim, anything to add? Um, I think the only thing I would add is just uh, as the uh, as one of the non-pharmacist participants in the project, it's been really eye-opening uh, and amazing, like such an education on what's really going on and what pharmacy is really all about. And I'm just really excited to be able to bring that to a general audience and educate them on what the hell's going on back there and, you know, bring some empathy and some compassion uh, as well as, you know, light some fires under people to really advocate for change, for real change for themselves, because ultimately this is about patient safety and workplace issues are a patient safety issue. So it's just been awesome to bear witness to that and to, um, yeah, just get to bring our gifts of storytelling and cinematography and those kinds of things to real people with these real stories and real issues. So yeah, it's just, it's been awesome. It's been really awesome. Love that. So, well, actually I, I have a question for you, Kimberly, since yeah. you don't have a pharmacy background, I don't know what your background is, but yeah. what, what made you want to do a docu-series on what's going on in the world of pharmacy right now in the U.S.? So, well, Ana East and I, we know each other from, I edited her first novel. So we had a, a, a editor-client relationship and uh, we, I think, what do we, we always say like, that first 30 minute, like get to know you call, I think we talked for like four hours or mm -hmm. something, right? Like we, we just like clicked and we were just like, I totally got what she was trying to do with her story. And anyway, we just, 
we, so we really love working together and, um, you know, just finding the heart of a story that's challenges people and that kind of thing. So we worked together, uh, we became co-writers in, um, we're working on, I have it like a TV pilot and like some other things that we're working on. And so while we're working together, uh, she just kept texting me tweets, uh, about, the dumpster fire that was pharmacy Twitter at that time. And, you know, one of them was, there's a, and one of them was specifically a store in Oregon um, mm-hmm. where she lives that was like, and she texted me like, this store's 3000 prescriptions behind. And I'm like, that sounds like a lot, but I have no context. Like what's a normal day in farm? Like, I don't know, you know, um, I used to be in, I was in banking for 10 years. And so I'm like, we used to do like, if you did like 150 transactions or if you did like 200 transactions, like as yourself, as a person, like that was a big deal. So I'm like, I just don't know, you know what it is. And so anyway, so she's like, yeah, let's say like, this is at least a week, at least a week behind, like depending on the volume of the store. And I was like, Mm -hmm damn because i'm like imagining like okay if my 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 prescription goes in today and i'm not gonna get it for a week like uh you know just like if that right and so anyway uh so that was just really alarming um and yeah and so anis had said like man somebody should make a documentary about this God, we should do it like or at least somebody should you know and i was like so i have a friend who, who i do film with and he's all about documentary like Ethan is our 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 third of our tripod that's not here today but um and um he anyway so I just I know his heart for documentary um and I just love being the librarian of life and like connecting people who have shared passions and interests and it's like my favorite thing to do and so I connected them um and so yeah I'm a global storytelling you know expert that's what I do is like seeing the big vision of like the arc and how it's going to affect an audience. And so, you know, I've got like two of my favorite people doing a project and I'm like, this is amazing. I had no idea this was going on. Hell yeah. Like I'm in, you know, like, let's figure this out. Um, So we just grassroots, you know, from like, okay, what are we doing? And yeah, we just, it was amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. The power of we, Twitter is the amazing. power of Twitter um, <laughs> in January. Cause we, Start, we had this first conversation in October. Mm-hmm. Ethan took a month to go off and do his own, like, okay, I don't know anything about pharmacy. Let me find out about it. Then he reconnected with us in November. So we were talking about it just off and on for, I don't know, about six weeks. And then in January, I was like, you know what we need is like a Twitter, social media, and an email and a website. And so I was like, I'm just going to start a Twitter, y'all. And so I start this Twitter and immediately like I start getting DMs and follows and everything. And I was like, ah, the website is not a real thing. It's just, it was a one pager, very rudimentary, but we were getting tons of people filling out the contact us form on this rudimentary website. That's just black and white text. That is nothing. It's just, I put did a square space, but we just didn't even have time to, <laughs> focus on the website because we are getting so many stories and so many people reaching out to say, I finally feel seen and heard. This has been long overdue. And so um, starting in January, people were like, we want to talk to you. We want to tell our story. And so we just started having kind of conversations like this with people. So Mm -hmm. they're um, in the documentary world, they're called pre-interviews. And so we would call them intro conversations just to make it very like low key 
off the record just talks and so we would get to know people and be like hey this is what we're doing tell us about yourself and a lot of times it would just be an hour of like venting for the person and we just listen and um take some notes just for ourselves so we could remember who what people said and who we talked to and we just let them talk and we did that um in now it's we've done that probably over 80 times but um in between January and July, when we launched it, it was like 60 times we had mm-hmm. talked to people um, and we just let people share their stories. And then we reached out to a few people. That's um, the trailer that people have seen on our GoFundMe page is was just from some of those conversations. We reached out to them individually and we're like, oh, we would like to use this specific snippet. We still won't use the other content without your permission, but can we use just this clip? And everyone was like, oh, yes, that's great. And so we cut um, that sizzle reel trailer together with existing footage. So like TikTok, YouTube, um, which is how we got the Arkansas Board of Pharmacy meeting. It's just publicly available on YouTube. So we were like, well, it's there. And um, then those calls and we cut that all together to kind of get um, that sizzle reel trailer. So that was kind of part one, which was that hook. Okay. We see you, we hear you. It's not good out there. Working conditions are bad. People are quitting left and right. We see you. We are going to do something about it. You will be featured in our film. And so it did numbers. Like it was out there. It was trending in the pharmacy world. We kept seeing it on different meme sites. We kept seeing it on people's social media, just completely unconnected to us at all. We just randomly see it. Um, We had a new pharmacist start at my job and they were like, oh, I know you. It was just kind of funny. They started like the week before it released and I hadn't met them yet. And they were like, we're introducing each other. And he was like, oh yeah, I know who you are. I've seen your video. And that was really funny. As far as like action items that we have for people, it's like that video is still out there linked to our GoFundMe. And so you can still contribute to this film. You can still it's out there for people to see and contribute to because production is expensive (laughs) and people don't realize how expensive production is. And so that we raised $22,000 in less than three weeks because of the power of the community. It was was absolutely bonkers. (laughs) It was amazing. And so like that power of the community got us to Oklahoma city. It got us on our first trip. And so we're kind of, um, crowdfunding a trip at a time plus Mm -hmm. we are doing a lot of work behind the scenes to also secure funding we are Mm -hmm. working with trying to secure some executive producers we're working with grants we're trying to get some grant funding um, some sponsorships so if you are an independent pharmacy owner or another business or a pharmacy organization um, please reach out to us about sponsorship opportunities Um, there are a few different levels of sponsorship that you can do with this film and we're more than happy to um, take those calls because we want to when we roll credits we're of course going to shout out all of our GoFundMe folks like hey this is how we got started this is how this film got started was a grassroots effort but when we roll credits it would be amazing to have like different pharmacies, different pharmacy organizations, all with their logos in the credits, all with their names in the credits. Like, look at all of the people who've contributed. Mm-hmm. I think it was um, 
the political pharmacist was joking around with us because he's been really helpful with all of this. He was like, I really want to see someone who steps up as an executive producer anonymously. And it just says CVS pharmacist one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, and two and three and four and, and five. Right. right. And all of these other people. So like, if you want to step up and in a sponsorship way, if you're a business who um, doesn't necessarily want your, your name out there in that way in our credits, if you don't feel comfortable with that and you just want it to be, anonymous sponsor or anonymous executive producer dm us too like we're this is all about comfort we mm -hmm. want to be a safe space for the pharmacy community so we'll take you as you are however you feel comfortable in this process our uh our gofundme like slogan or whatever was um put your money where you can't put your mouth because, you know, we knew that retaliation was a big deal. And so it's like, yeah, anonymous is anonymous interviews are fine. And that's one thing uh, that we really want people to know is that um, wanting to be anonymous doesn't preclude you from being in the film. Even, you know, we're like, we're we'll do the silhouette, you know, disguise your voice. Um, we have some people who just want to do like written statements and we have someone um, in mind that's going to voice over those, you know, like, so like there's a lot of ways um, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be an on it doesn't, yeah. It doesn't have to be like your face on camera with like, you know, no. current GPS location or whatever, like it just does right. not have to be that. Um, and like, so, yeah. The most approachable way for that is we have a form on our website it is a Google form um, and the only people who see it are, is our team. And so that information doesn't go anywhere. Um, it asks you to put your name and email, but then you can say, I would like to be anonymous. I would, um, you can just use my face or not use my face. And it, we have all of those questions in there. We have contact me before you use anything. We have all of the different options. And my favorite is we have at least one person who said, this is a fake name and email. And we were like, more power to do your if thing. You need, do your thing. If you need to do a fake email and a fake name, that's fine. Like, um, <laughs> a fake Gmail is free. Like, we are <laughs> totally fine with that. If that is how you need to contact us to make sure your story is heard. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a good segue into talking a bit about the story. So I will have Kim, story guru, talk about <laughs> story structure. About yeah. So theories, I guess. Originally, we were going to do it as like a feature film, like a, you know, a feature length documentary, you know, an hour, like an hour and a half. Yeah, like a movie length, you know, the regular, this is a documentary. Um, but when we got into it and after we done, you know, 60 pre-interviews and we're just like putting all the pieces together, we're like there's a lot of freaking content here. Like this is complex. There are layers to this. And in order, I mean, in order for anyone to understand it, let alone like, you know, Hello, me, someone without a pharmacy background. It's like, we're going to need to take some time with this. So we decided to break it into a four episode um, series. So four one hour episodes. And each episode kind is going to sort of look at a different angle of what's going on and how um, how it affects uh, patient safety and um, pharmacies, pharmacists and pharmacy techs. Um, so our first episode is... Uh, basically all about like, you know, taking the current perception of a patient, which is my, you know, I don't have access to my prescription. My pharmacist is late. Like what's going on? Like, 
you know, they're upset because this is, you know, because they're not getting what they need. And they think that, you know, they're angry at the pharmacist who's across the counter from them. So it's starting there. This is where the public is. This is their perception. Like, what's the big deal? Slap a label on it. Come on, let's go fast food. Like, give me what I want. Right. And so we're taking them from there and then going, okay, let's take a step back and let's really unpack everything that a pharmacist is and everything that a pharmacy tech does and all of these things. And so it's really just an education into let's tell you the truth about the role of the pharmacy profession and how it works, all the steps that they take, all the education that they go through and what their role is in your healthcare. Um, and so we're going to do that and then an unpack all of that and and sort of go, okay, so the pharmacist and the pharmacy tech are not your enemy um, by the end. So they're like, okay, I see that now. And they're like, okay, but they're still not able to help you the way that they want. Why not? And so then we'll shift into the second episode, which is really all about the retail pharmacy environment right now, um, corporate chains and, you know, all of the, this is where we'll really get to dig into all the workplace issues that are currently happening. You know, all the unfair metrics, the lack of staff, you know, the phone ringing off the hook, which was one of my favorite pieces of our mm -hmm. teaser trailer was just the random phone ringing throughout the entire thing. Uh, we heard it was pretty triggering and you're welcome. Um, so yeah, so we're really going to dig into retail pharmacy, the environment, the chains, all of that stuff, um, and basically show how, you know, yeah, how could someone possibly do the job that they're supposed to do, um, in an environment like this? And it's, you know, a totally ridiculous situation. Um, so we're going to unpack all of that. Um, and then at the end of that episode, um, our current theory is that we'll say, okay, but also there is even a, re there is even something else that's even, you know, worse than just, you know, this problem. Um, there's a reason why chains, um, you know, are, you know, maybe hesitant to spend the money on more staff and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we'll, that'll shift us into episode three, which is all about uh, payment reimbursement and how pharmacy payment reimbursement works um, or or is broken, I guess is probably the better phrase. Um, so we're going to dig into pharmacy benefit managers, so PBMs and how, you know, ne what negative reimbursement is, um, what claw clawback, I don't know all the phrases yet, but like. They claw back like, fees. They claw back DIR fees. DIR fees, yeah. Like those kind of things. So we have some we have some really fun uh, analogies that we're going to use. We promise nothing about this documentary will be dry. Um, and so, you know, we're going to lean into, you know, the fast food metaphor um, because that's what people's perceptions are. And it's really easy to understand. So, um, right, like just explaining negative reimbursement, you know, with your French fries, like, how much does, how much do they spend on French fries? How much do they charge you? Uh, you know, can you imagine, can you imagine if Donald's didn't make money on their French fries? Like if they like were paid negatively for every French fry that they filled, like mm -hmm. that's, that's because you know, a that's company, a third party, a third party said, and takes no. some of the fries, like right. the fry money, I guess. The fry money. Yeah. We're working so on we the have, analogies. We'll figure yeah, out. We have all that. the analogies. We're going to use some animation. You know, there's, there's lots of ways to explain it. Um, and we recently had a really great conversation um, with Antonio Chacha, who uh, is one of the 
present experts on uh, PBMs and has done a lot of work trying to make sense of it and explain it. And um, so, yeah, we're just really excited for all of the all of the people that we've that we've gotten to mm-hmm. connect with us to teach us, and we get to uh, we get to showcase their expertise and their personal experiences. Um, and so, yeah, so it'll be really powerful. So, by the end of that episode. We're thinking things are going to feel pretty low at this point. Um, this is what we call the all is lost moment in a, in a story. The dark night of the soul where we're like, oh, it's just the system. It's so big and it just feels so overwhelming. And how could we possibly beat this? You know, how can we do it? And so that'll take us into episode four, which is all about hope. And it is currently titled hashtag pizza is not working. Um, and so... This one is all about hope. And this is all about the things that are currently going on um, are people that are fighting back. Um, advocacy is huge. Um, you know, creating, whether it's, you know, pizza's not working organizations and getting the word out that way, whether it's, you know, people looking at unionizing, whether it's um, getting, you know, trying to do, you know, legislation efforts for, you know, PBM reform. Which is why we're so excited about uh, Commissioner Khan going to NCPA, which is why we're going to that meeting. One of many reasons um, we're trying to get down there is there is some stuff happening on Capitol Hill. Like, it finally, where there's some momentum, there's some traction with the um, people we have in government right now. So we're hoping to capture that then see what the FTC is up to and how they are um, tackling the PBM issue as well. Yeah. The other, um, the other thing that we learned recently um, was that there is litigation happening um, that has to do with the opioid epidemic. So the opioid epidemic uh, has been sort of been funneled. The litigation has been funneling down in different phases. You know, it starts with, you know, Big Pharma and Purdue and da 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 and you know obviously specific doctors that are were overriding and all of these different things, but it's gotten down to the point now where they are litigating about the workplace issues, like the fact that a pharmacist who does not have enough staff um, and is overworked and they're not able to do the checks that they need to do um, for safety and that how that directly can um, impact and result in. The opioid epidemic and they're holding chains accountable for that. Um, so we've seen there's been some rulings in Ohio and California um, and Florida. And so just bringing those to light that, again, this is all a patient safety issue. And um, one of those patient safety issues is the opioid epidemic. And it's only one of many, um, but that is still happening. And so we're, yeah, again, just excited to show the the progress there and the accountability, like we're just really looking for some accountability. Um, so advocacy is huge. We're going to talk about that. Um, also, um, advanced technologies um, of different ways that pharmacists can um, bring more um, clinical services to their profession um, and to prescribe um, easily, to build insurance easily, um, different things like that. And then also advanced pharmacy models. So we've got some really exciting stuff. There's some pharmacists across the nation that are doing some really exciting things, um, how they're 
innovating um, pharmacy and the way that they're able to care for patients. Um, we have a nonprofit, a, non a community-driven nonprofit pharmacy in New York, and we're really excited to showcase that one. Um, and because so much of this whole story is so profit-driven and greed-driven, and it's really depressing. Um, and so it's really exciting just to see people, um, you know, just take things back into their own hands and, and business owners too, right? Like there's nothing, it would be great if a pharmacist, a pharmacy owner could make a profit. Like they're barely breaking even right now. Um, so we have nothing against anyone making money. Um, we just want the right people to be making the money. Um, mm -hmm. And so they can pour more back into their business and more back into their patients rather than, you know, some random ass third party that's, you know, is just overstepping their jurisdiction, their bounds of what they really need to be having their fingers all over. So um, let's see, is there anything else I missed in that? Hope um, it's our big hope episode. And we're just going to end with, you know, this is what's going on. And but it's you know, not tidy. So there's work to do. Yeah, so we're going to end tidy. with, hey, there's still patients who are out there who are not able to get their prescriptions. There are still these wonderful businesses who are doing great things still need money. And so the mm -hmm. fight isn't over. This isn't a tidy wrapped up in a bow. Right. Yay. We solved it. It's, Hey, this can be the future if we work together and we fight as a unit, as a profession for pharmacy and Patients as well have some agency in this fight as well. Mm -hmm. If if nothing else, if a patient watches this and can just see another human across the counter when they're interacting with that pharmacist, that technician, or that cashier, and they can just have a little bit more patience and empathy to not yell at that person, to just handle that interaction with kindness because if that's all you have access to to be able to just be a little nicer that goes a long way when day in and day out people feel like they are being triggered to a ptsd level like mm -hmm. and are ending up in therapy and are having mental health crises and are going on medication and are in the most extreme cases taking their own lives because of the stress Mm -hmm. as a patient you can make that a little bit easier and alleviate some of that burden by just being a little kinder so there is something every single person can do if they only have a little bit of access but like the reason but the reason we are having Loretta be our star Loretta Bozing definitely look up her advocacy on the social media. She's doing a lot of great things for the profession and she is coming from the patient advocacy standpoint. The reason she is our central character is because she is one person in she's one person in one state doing her thing and fighting for the profession and she's made a lot of progress. And same thing um Dan Schneider, the Netflix pharmacist, he's also going to be featured in our series. So um, he and Loretta had the opportunity to meet when we were down in Oklahoma City. He went to meet her. He was really excited about her advocacy. And so instead of doing his talk on Zoom, he decided to fly in and do his talk in person. And we were able to capture the moment of them meeting. 
Mm -hmm. and we're going to showcase it. It was really cool. (laughs) We're really excited to showcase that in our um, series, but the reason he was really excited, he was like, he even said to her, he said, you inspire me. And she was like, you inspire me. And they were like really excited because it's both of them, it's an individual making a difference and really um, becoming excited about an issue, not excited in the like, yay, but excited in the passionate way mm-hmm. about an issue and really taking it up and just doing the grassroots effort. And both of them started or starting pretty big movements. Dan is a little bit... Um, is is more known and it's um, gotten more traction with the um, Netflix docuseries and his um, nonprofit organization. And then now with Dope Sick, um, the Dan was saying Danny Strong, the um, producer and creator of Dope Sick, actually was pretty inspired by um, the Netflix pharmacist. So he was inspired to make that show, which has made a lot of progress in kind of tackling the opioid epidemic. But again, with the opioid epidemic, it's tackling it with kindness and realizing that these are, again, all of it is humanizing, humanizing, humanizing Mm -hmm. people, because at the end of the, like, if we take the opioid epidemic, for example, they're all people. Mm -hmm. It's people either suffering from substance use disorder Um, we also want to make sure we're taking care of people who are pain patients Mm -hmm. making sure that pain patients have access to their medications in a fair and ethical way is a big part of making sure that we're fighting for those patients in the opioid epidemic and Mm so all of this is about humanizing so in this Mm -hmm. case it's about humanizing those pharmacists and those patients and everybody in this who's caught up in this system because at the end of the day it's all just people you know mm-hmm. yeah that's the that was the thing that that really was has been frustrating i think about learning about the issues just uh the commodification of healthcare um and just making it into you know, not healthcare, right? It doesn't feel like it's about your health. It doesn't feel like it's about caring for you. It feels like it's just another, you know, big business trying to, you know, make as much money as they can. And, and we don't have, you know, we don't have to, to be okay with that. We can, we can say, no, it's not okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And every single person who says, no, that's not okay. You know, that's, there are more of us, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not easy and it's not, uh, it's not, it's not a fun fight, but it's absolutely necessary. And mm-hmm. yeah, we're just really grateful to get to lend our, lend our voices to mm-hmm. elevating others. So. Yeah. And with that being said, like, we understand that at all levels in the system, it's people stuck in a system because we've talked to some really wonderful pharmacists who work or PBMs mm-hmm. and they are doing a lot of great clinical services and they're good people who are trapped in very complex, pretty, in a lot of cases, bad systems. And so it's like humanizing those voices as well, hearing mm-hmm. that side of things as well. Like at the end of the day, how are people, um, like they, one of the things they say with story 
um, especially if you're telling a big story like this, it's called a society story, is people lash out according to their position within the hierarchy. So depending where people are, they just, that's how they kind of operate in the world. So if someone, that is the job that they can get because they want to pay their bills. So they're a pharmacist who works for a PBM. A lot of those are good people who are just trying to do the best that they can stuck in a system that's a lot bigger than them. And so we want to humanize those voices as well to be like, it is so, so complicated. And um, so that's what we really want to get on here and say as well, because it was really funny when we released the um, teaser trailer, a lot of people were scared of us. It was like, as far as organizations, because they were like, oh no, they're going to ruin the profession of pharmacy. And we're like, no, we just told act one. (laughs) We haven't told you the whole story. And so it's like, we want to hear all sides of it. If someone from the top of CVS Caremark wants to talk to us, we will absolutely interview them. Like <laughs> any, anybody. We, absolutely. It's a story. Absolutely. The truth we'll always have another, itself. have a conversation with another human. Always. Yes, always. always. <laughs> so we yeah. are on the same vein guys, especially, <laughs> you know, I, I, I chuckle too at the idea that there there's people out there who are scared of the docuseries that's telling the truth about pharmacy because mm-hmm. we're our movement has absolutely gotten the same thing mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. people in pharmacy right just like oh they're gonna destroy the profession they're talking about all the bad things all the bad things and and we're going no we need to highlight what's going on so that way the story can be unpacked in a way that makes sense to do things that improve the profession. It's not a big bash fest. It feels like it, not going to lie. It can feel like it sometimes right. because people I mean, are especially frustrated. At first. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's just like in what other situations, uh, you know, I don't know, just like, yeah, don't talk about it. Don't talk about the bad. Don't talk about the truth just talk about the good stuff like that just I don't know there's just I'm trying to think of like this other situations where like that just like wouldn't make any I don't know like if you were okay this is a really ridiculous analogy but if you had like a house right that was like had like really broken foundations and like you know leaky roof and all that stuff and you came in and you're like whoa 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 like we really want to live here but this this is not safe for anybody to be in here and they're like whoa don't talk about all the bad stuff. Like you just got to like, look at the, look at these windows, you know, like you can't, it is not a safe thing to just go in and just pretend that you don't see all of these things. Like it's not, it's not structurally sound and people are going to die in there. Like, you know what I mean? Like it will collapse <laughs> right. on your head. Like you can't yes. do that. And yes. so just, it's not logical. It doesn't make sense. And, and honestly, it's just their fear talking, right? They're just yes. afraid because mm-hmm. they're like barely hanging on by a thread. And they're like, ah, if you shake it, like, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, again, it's just so human. Mm-hmm. And so, I, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I like to liken it to my experience that I've had with like, therapy because again you've got to destigmatize going to therapy go and to therapy health. go, go to, to therapy because <laughs> I mean a lot of pharmacists out there and a lot of people in general could definitely benefit especially with these workplace conditions but um a lot of times when you go to therapy you talk about all the bad stuff first 
and it feels worse. Like you think, oh, wow, I'm getting worse. And then at some point you learn coping mechanisms, which again, you can't just resilience your way out of the system, but coping mechanisms are good. So like when you start to learn them and you start to get better, you're like, oh, that's why I had to go to my dark night of the soul Mm -hmm. to get to the worst part. And then now the system of me, I guess, if we're doing Mm -hmm. the metaphor thing, is better for it Mm -hmm. because we went there and we can build upon it. And the profession needs that kind of that kind of reckoning. And it's hard for people, like Kim was saying, it's all about fear because Mm -hmm. it's like the system is what we have for better or worse it's like it's what we have and people are afraid oh no if you destroy it then we'll have nothing and it's like no that's not what happens it's not just gonna disappear it's something will be there in its place so why aren't we there and fighting to make sure that we have a seat we as pharmacists in the profession have a seat at the table to decide where our profession goes because someone is going to decide for us because a lot of times with pharmacists, because we tend to be the people who don't want to ruffle feathers, we just want to go do our job, um, tend to just be, want to fly under the radar and we don't like to speak out and that tends to just be us in general as like, if you look at us as a group of people on the whole. And so it's just scary. And so people have taken advantage of this us mm-hmm. because of that. We are really easily exploitable as a group because we don't say anything and we just, we just want to do our job. And like everybody cares. That's been so amazing too. Yeah. Just talking to so many pharmacists and pharmacy techs, the heart of these people is so amazing. And I'm like, uh, like, and that's, of course, the people who care the most. Um, yeah, it's so easy to, they're so easy to take advantage of um, by a system because they just want to do the right thing. And so they'll, they'll always like put themselves last in order to take care of the patient. And that's what they're trying to do. And it's so amazing and admirable. And so it's time for all of us to take care of them. Right. And so it's like that airplane announcement, it's like really just put your <laughs> own mask on before helping others. They <laughs> right. say that for a reason. So it's mm-hmm. like pharmacists and pharmacy technicians, we need to start doing that so that we can help others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 And, and even the, the concept of trying to educate people on the good, the bad and the ugly. Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think especially just from a personal perspective having gone through pharmacy school and how great it was and how fun it was and how difficult it was and there were a lot of tears studying for all of the exams and trying to piece together the information but the the picture of being a pharmacist life as a pharmacist was very glamorized for us. But I'm I'm personally grateful. I know not all of my classmates and all pharmacy students get this experience, but to have a pharmacy manager, uh to have preceptors on my rotations in different pharmacists throughout the profession, when I would go into work or I would go into my rotation, 
they were honest with me. They were like, look, pharmacy is an amazing profession. It is an honorable profession. It is the heartbeat of healthcare. We're the most accessible healthcare provider out there. Now, let me tell you what's going on. Like, you know, they would like, they didn't want me to be super surprised when I graduated. And unfortunately, because not everyone is doing that, or at least wasn't before 2020. Now, after the pandemic, I think you can't pretend it's not happening. As a student, you walk in and you're like, mm, something's off, right? Like, so you can't even hide it from the students anymore, really. But the the idea that you're going to send students out into the world, new graduates, and they're hit by a tsunami. Mm-hmm. When they get out there, there's, they have this perception that's been given to them for, for a long time. And then they realize like, wait a second, that's not what I studied for. I want to take care mm-hmm. of people. I want to mm-hmm. just care for the patient. I want to do this. And there's all these things that are barriers for myself as a clinician, forget the patient, me, I Mm -hmm. my hands are tied. And then how am I supposed to have my hands behind my back tied to then serve the patient? Like Mm -hmm. how, how do you expect me to do this? How did I go through all this training with so much desire and care for Mm -hmm. people? And I was, I graduated and someone handed me shackles Mm -hmm. said, all right, go do your job. Mm -hmm. Oh, excuse me mm-hmm. um and the 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 messaging of the 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 safe way out is the hospital go go work at the hospitals just go do it but i'm sure maybe i don't know if you guys are seeing this in your as you're recording and stuff but there's already been articles out from hospitals going like nah fam what's happening in healthcare is affecting <laughs> hospitals because mm-hmm. your patients who aren't getting what you need are now yeah. being rehospitalized yeah. and it's yes. affecting our metrics in the hospital. Yep. So don't think that there's not a chain effect because mm-hmm. it's yes. your specific area of the healthcare industry, everyone is getting hit at the it's same all connected. time. connected. Everyone relies on each other. Oh yeah. Yes. yes. And so I love oh, that you're so wanting good. to, you're wanting to educate the, the public and encourage patients to really sit down and watch this docuseries. And if you're a patient listening to this, if you have a family member who's a patient, if you are a clinician who is also a patient, watch <laughs> the docuseries because I yes. guess you, there's probably some aspect that is going to be highlighted that you actually did not realize. You just didn't know. You didn't piece it together Mm -hmm. and the more knowledgeable that we are we can be frustrated and irritated and annoyed and depressed and angry about all of it and still come out with some level of hope Uh, in the movement yes stop applause break applause break (laughs) yes that's it that's it it can't just stay at the wow this sucks part like you can't stay there you like if you ended the docuseries on episode three people would be like oh, it would be oh, yeah it would be it would be dramatic. rough it would, yeah it would be dramatic yeah. I, need, I need ptsd what just happened right like yes 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 so horrible to end there but to remind people that the purpose of what this is 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 for is to make sure that you have the tools that you need to fight a hopeful fight Mm -hmm. 
Because that's the hardest part right now. I think a lot of people are lacking the hope in saying something, the hope Mm -hmm. in adjusting something, the hope in bringing something up, making a difference. But Mm -hmm. the more that we keep telling ourselves that, the less people will talk. And then the less you have the proof that having tried it would have worked or not. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the the system wants us to do. They kind of want us to psychologically tell ourselves it's not possible so they can just keep doing what they've been doing for mm-hmm. a long time. So I really applaud you guys and thank you guys a ton for allowing yourselves to be courageous enough to speak out, highlight people's stories across the U.S. and showcase the good, the bad and the ugly so that way more people are aware of this corner of healthcare. Mm-hmm. But I hope I'm hoping that, you know, we I think we've already seen uh the documentary that nurses did during the pandemic. They were like, let let us tell you what we do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like they've had their series, they've done their documentaries. The, you know, medical providers, uh doctors, they're wanting to start to speak up on their pocket. I feel like if the more different sections of healthcare just start sharing the truth of what we're all going through and how we're inter how people can start seeing how we're interconnected mm-hmm. and what's going on in the system and how we're tr- everyone is trying everyone is trying to find a way to fix it i think it would allow for more empathy across the nation and a lot more hope that it's mm-hmm. not just oh it's not just me it's not just my my grandmother it's not mm-hmm. just my store it's not just my mm-hmm. doctor it's not you know it's 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 a whole web yeah and this is just part of that web so i i really do appreciate the both of you and your team and everyone who has been involved in the project in whatever capacity even if it's signing it up on the forum with all of your information. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you. everyone. And um, to that, please continue to support us sharing this podcast when it comes out or sharing your story on the forum, contributing to the GoFundMe, being a sponsor. By the time this launches, we will have merch. Please buy our merch. <laughs> we will have merch. Yes. We will have we will. merch by the time so this excited. launches. So mm-hmm. we're really excited about that. Um, so yeah, buy a mug, buy a t-shirt. <laughs> buy, we're working right. on counting trays. Can't guarantee that'll be <laughs> right. this launch, but we're working on the counting trays. Um continue I, to support us. I love that. We will make sure <laughs> to put all of their information in the show notes below. So if you guys need the links for those things, we'll make sure that those things are available to you guys and let people know in your communities that this docuseries is in process and that they need that support and start having those conversations with the people around you about what's going on for you personally. Some of the things that we talked about today and ways that you can start thinking to be a part of the change in this pocket of healthcare pharmacy. So thank you guys again for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. This story was submitted by a Florida CVS pharmacy worker. They wrote, 
So recently, half of my front store team tested positive for COVID-19 and they went out. But when they came back, they said that corporate doesn't require a negative test to come back. If they don't come back after five days, they have to go on a leave of absence. They are all back working in the store being positive. So much for a company that puts health first. Thank you to the person that submitted this story. It is crucial that we keep getting stories like this to highlight on this show for people to understand the gravity of what's going on behind the counter. That wraps up today's episode of the Hashtag Pizza Is Not Working podcast. There are three ways to get involved with Pizza Is Not Working, all of which have URL links with detailed instructions in the show notes for how to do just that. Number one, join your state's Pizza Is Not Working branch either publicly or anonymously. Number two, submit a public or anonymous story or spotlight to be read on the show. And number three, apply to be a potential guest for this show. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I just hope that you didn't burn the roof of your mouth with this one. Again, this is your host, Dr. Candace Olushala, closing up shop. Until next time, peace.